Uh, I would love to have a prayer time like that sometime. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the flag. Um, I was given this quote by one of our fellow worshipers this morning. The function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. <clears throat> and uh, that's part of the concept that we're trying to communicate a little bit. And, and one of the points that I'm going to share later is about this idea that it seems that most of the time our prayers revert to requests. Most of the time, it seems like. And it would seem to me that if you have a solid relationship with somebody, that you're going to do more than just ask them for stuff even if it's stuff for others. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But this week we're talking about uh, designer prayers. And the idea behind it I'm going to try to communicate is that we have this, this burden, I think this undue religious burden that is placed upon us because of our experiential um, participation, that our prayers have to be pretty polished, you know? And so... <clears throat> I started thinking about what it would look like if you had designer prayers, and I, I just Googled, you know, two words, bling and rosary, and I came up with some pictures. This one here is designed by a company called the Master of Bling. Now, I don't know if Master is God or not, I'm not sure, but you see the bling, and you got the rose, very, very pretty, is it not? I mean, it's solid gold with diamonds, and then I like this one personally. I always like the two-tone look. Don't you guys like the two-tone look? And so, and so you think about designer prayers. Like if somebody came in to a prayer meeting with a couple rosaries that looked like that, how can God not hear them? Right? I mean, that's, that's some serious bling right there. And it seems that while that's just kind of a funny look at the, the jewelry that some associate with prayer, it seems to me that that's kind of the approach that we often take with our prayer time, is that we work really hard to make sure that it's cleaned up. And it's funny because a lot of times the way we pray really sounds nothing like the way we talk. It's completely different. Remember we talked about this last week and the scripture taught us that we're naked before God. There are no secrets. But somehow, our prayer life, our prayer language, our prayer vocabulary does this magical transformation when we start off with the word, Dear Heavenly Father. And then another one that we follow up with a lot of times is, you know, thank you for this day. I mean, I wish I had a dollar for every time I started my prayers like that. <clears throat> what is it about prayer that causes us to say the same things over and over and over again. Like we stumbled upon some magical phrase that God really likes. And so we think, you know, we've got to use that phrase because, you know, that's a godly phrase. Is there such thing as a godly phrase in prayer? Is there such thing as a, as a line in prayer that we say over and over again because, you know, that one works. It's like if you're a golfer, you find your favorite golf club and you use it even when you're not supposed to because, you know, you can hit it straight. Why do we feel like also that God might not hear us the first time? Like, let's say we do make a request. You know, and I've been asking God for this every day. Well, why? Is it, maybe he forgot? 
Maybe he didn't hear you. Maybe you weren't loud enough. Maybe you didn't say the phrase the right way. Maybe he's so busy with everybody else that, you know, maybe he doesn't remember what it is you really need, so you're going to ask him every day. Not that there's anything wrong with asking God over and over again, but, but why do we feel like, you know, if we get to a certain level of petitioning God, then he'll listen. And how much of our prayer life is actually made up of requests as opposed to actual conversation? I mean, think about it. If you had to, just in your mind, and you know, maybe do a quick calculation, how much of your prayer life are requests for you or for other people as opposed to just having a conversation with God? And so the concept we're trying to communicate today is this idea of conversational prayer. Not just prayer where you're asking for stuff. So our goal today is to free you up to pursue a conversational prayer with God instead of just the same old spiritual verbal habits that we fall into because of religious burden. And that's a phrase I want you to remember. Spiritual verbal habits. Spiritual verbal habits. Habits. Because I believe what has taken place in our conversational prayer life with God is that we have lazily fallen back upon spiritual verbal habits. We start our prayers the same way. We end our prayers the same way. We have the same things we say in the middle. And we use these words and phrases over and over and over and over again throughout our prayer life. If you had a real conversation with somebody and you said the same thing every time, they'd probably stop listening after a while. Not that God stops listening, but I think you get my point. I believe that that type of prayer life is much easier than a real prayer life. One that is interactive, one that is conversational, one that transforms itself Every day with your mood and with your purpose and with your goals and, and every aspect of life. And, and next week we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer. And I'm very excited about next week's message. I think it's going to be really cool. I think it's going to be transformational for many of us. But this week, the first part of the passage we're going to look at today is what Jesus says right before he gives us the Lord's Prayer. And it's funny because... <clears throat> It's interesting, what we have gotten really good at over the years is reciting the Lord's Prayer. Right? And I've recited it so many times, and I didn't even realize what I was saying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. As in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, we give us trespasses against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us evil. For God is the kingdom and the power and glory forever and ever. Amen. I can do it. Yeah, you got that. I remember using prayer beads, and I would say, Our Fathers, ten, father, ten Our Fathers, and you know, all that stuff. And I can recite that prayer. Look what Jesus says right before the Lord's Prayer. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask. And then the next verse, which we're going to look at next week, he goes into, but when you pray, pray like this. Now, isn't it interesting? He says, don't heap up 
words and other translations say vain babblings. And that's kind of what the original language means. And he says that, and then right after it he says, but pray like this. And what have we done? We've taken the Lord's Prayer and we've turned it into many times vain babblings. Heaping up words. And so what does Jesus really mean when he talks about these things? So we're going to break this down for you in a couple ways. There are some things Jesus says prayer should not be. Number one, it's not for looking good. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to stand in public. So your prayer should not be for looking good. And frankly, when we get involved in public prayer, many times we are thinking about that in the back of our head. How does this sound to those around me? Is it going to make me look good? Is, am I going to sound good? Am I going to say the right things? Am I going to have the right pentameter? Am I going to say things that flow? Am I going to stumble a little bit? I want to make sure that I do this right. Maybe you guys haven't struggled with that in settings of public prayer, but I certainly have. I've wanted to make, matter of fact, we were praying over there in the building, you know, the room beforehand, about 10 minutes till, and I prayed, and Mega said, for a change, Joe, that was a good prayer. I mean, she was joking, of course, but I hope she was joking. But anyway, you get the point. And it's not for moving up. We don't pray so that we can somehow improve our standing spiritually before God's people. He says that. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. So we see the first point. It's not for looking good, so prayer is not some sort of accessory that we drape upon ourselves to look good spiritually. It's not for moving up. It's not something that we use to improve our spiritual social status. And prayer is not for a Pulitzer Prize. It's not to be a literary art form with an abundance of flowery words. He says in verse 7, When you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. Prayer doesn't have to be artistic. It doesn't have to be polished. It doesn't have to have really good phrases. And then lastly, prayer is not to be as a dramatic reading, like a rehearsed play. That's not what prayer is supposed to be. Now, can prayer maybe include some of that sometimes? Sure. But it should be a very small percentage of what our prayer life is. And when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases. For those that do think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them because your Father knows what you need before you even ask. Again, how much of our prayer life is spent in requests? You know, we talked about that a little bit in James, didn't we? You pray and you ask, but you don't receive because you ask for the wrong reasons. All right, but then Jesus says, here are some things that prayer should be. Number one, it should be about your personal relationship with God. Here's what he says. But So he gives a contrast, right? He first says, don't be like the hypocrites who like to pray in public so everybody can see them. But instead, when you pray, go in your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret. The word secret there 
gives the flavor and the idea of personal. One-on-one, interactive. He says it's not for everyone else to see and be impressed with. It's for you to connect with your Father. And so he says, pray in secret. Remember, the word secret meaning personal, intimate, one-on-one. So first thing we know about prayer, according to Jesus, it should be about your personal relationship with God. Second thing, it should contain a real conversation. I mean, it should really be a real discussion. It should not just be, as the Scripture says, in many other translations, vain babblings, heaping up tons of words. Because of our tons of words, we think we might be heard. It's supposed to be a real conversation. And then lastly, what we see in this passage... Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. It should be about a relationship, not a bunch of requests. It's about you and Dad. It's not about you and Dad and what Dad can give you. It's not about you and Dad and what Dad can give to your family or to your friends. It's about you and Dad. Now, there are times when you have a relationship that there are things in your relationship that a person can give you, that can do for you. And it's okay to petition and ask for those things. But it should not dominate your conversation. And so what Jesus teaches is this. God already knows that you want the Mercedes. God already knows that you want the best for your children. Nothing wrong with asking Him for it. But He knows... He knows your heart. The Scripture says the Word of God is able to divide and everything is laid out naked before Him. All your desires, all your wants, all your fears, all your angers, all your flaws, all your strengths, all your weaknesses, every aspect of your thought, God knows before you even utter it to Him. So why do we still have this desire to polish things up? See, my goal is to be able to talk to God like I might talk to Dylan or my wife Laura or my friend Chad or my niece Stephanie or Bruce or Steve McConnell. My goal is to begin to talk to God in a real way like I talk to the worship team that I work with here at Church of the Palms, at the garden service. My goal is to begin to talk to God in such a way that it's new and fresh. So what about these spiritual verbal habits that we use, that we have heaped up over years and years of prayer. What about them? Why do we revert to them? What is it in our life that causes us to revert back to the comfort of the same old thing? I think there are several reasons. Number one, I think it's born out of a lack of understanding of our relationship with God. Do you understand that our relationship with God is not religious? It's bloody. You know what I mean by that? 
The only reason we have an ability to connect to the Father in a way that Hebrews says that we can come boldly, almost the Scripture says that word kind of gives the idea of irreverently to the throne of grace, as opposed to how they used to have to do it when they had temple worship. The reason we can do that is because of the blood of Christ. And the Scripture says, therefore we have an advocate to the Father who's been tempted in all the same ways as we have. And so one of the reasons that we fall into these, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, kind of prayers is because we have a lack of understanding of just how intimate our relationship is. God gave His Son in a bloody fashion so that He could have daily conversation with us. The Scripture says He wants to dwell among His people. Another reason why I think we fall into these spiritual verbal habits, it's born out of a lack of comfort with being naked before God. Think about this now. The Scripture says everything in our life is revealed. He knows it all. There are no surprises, right? But we still polish things up. Don't we? We still polish it up. We shine it, we buff it, we make sure the cross is hanging right in the middle, and, and you know, we've got to make sure... and. He already knows that we're flawed. And so what happens is because we're uncomfortable with the fact that we're naked, somehow we want to rely back on our spiritual voice. Our intonation is different. Our pronunciation is different. Our phraseology is different. We actually use commas in our conversation in prayer when we never use them with our friends. Another reason I think we fall back on these spiritual verbal habits, it's born out of a lack of confidence that God actually hears you. And that's what the Scripture says, piled up words. Right? He says they think they're going to be heard because they say the same things over and over and over and over and over again. That's what he said in in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. So, between those things, a lack of understanding, a lack of comfort, and a lack of confidence, it causes us to have an unfulfilling, rehearsed, polished, designer prayer life. I got news for you. God doesn't care about your tuxedo prayers. He wants to have blue jean prayers with you. He wants to have t-shirt prayers, not coat and tie prayers. He wants to have discussions, dialogue. He wants you to reveal your heart to him. Remember we learned in James, receive with meekness. Meekness does not lend itself to designer prayer life. And so one of the things I want to give you as we walk away today is think about it this way. Take a week. Trust that God knows what you're asking for. Trust that he knows the scripture. Do you believe the scripture? He says he knows what you're asking before you even ask it. He knows what your requests are. Take a week. Let's try to have a prayer life that doesn't have a bunch of requests in it. Let's have a prayer life this week that focuses on a relationship with God that becomes more real, more comfortable, more raw, more confident less polished 
man, God, I really like that song Van Halen just played on the radio. Some of them, right? Man, God, you know, man, that pizza was really good. Whew. I'm so angry, God. Here I am on Tamiami Trail getting cut off again. Man, God, it's nice weather today. That's cool, thanks. Wow, the beach is awesome. Go a week without asking God for something and go a week just talking to him. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, if you believe the scripture that says he already knows what you're going to ask before you even ask it. As a matter of fact, I would submit to you that just the thought of saying, man, I hope, you know, God knows your thoughts. And let's take a week, the second assignment I give you for this week. When you start to pray and you fall into the same verbal habit, stop. First place to start, come up with a new way to start your prayer. Yo, God. Hey, Bruce. Not that Bruce is God, but when I talk, hey, Bruce, listen. Start a new way to start your prayers this week. It doesn't have to be a tuxedo. It could be blue jeans and a t-shirt. It could be raw. It could be real. And I'll tell you, and this is what I'll close with. This is the cool part I want you to understand. You begin to get to that point, I believe, when you have a final understanding and a comfort and a confidence that your relationship with God is not hinged upon how polished you are, but what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. And what Christ did was not polished. It was bloody. So there doesn't have to be any bling in your prayer life. All there needs to be is realness, conversation. So this week, try just conversations with God, no requests, and try finding new phrases instead of the same spiritual verbal habits that we fall into for a lack of comfort and a lack of confidence.